You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for joining in to our Sunday service this morning. If you're visiting with us, I want to welcome you to the Metro LA region of the Los Angeles Church of Christ. Big shout out to our family in Metro. Also big shout out to our family in San Francisco. And for all of those uh, visiting uh, today, thank you so much for your time and your attention. We look forward to a great Bible study today. You know, I want to talk about this this morning. Have you ever felt like in the last couple months, last year, that you're lacking faith or you're lacking power to believe that things will be okay these days. You know, there's, I, I sometimes feel like power is being drained from me every single day as we go through, this is our 11th month in the pandemic. Next month makes one year that we've been in the pandemic. We've seen about 36 cases of COVID in our region and, and prayerfully everyone is recovering. Uh, but you know, it has been a challenge. Uh, I, I, many times I'm feeling like, man, by, from Sunday to Wednesday, I'm already drained already and I'm looking Looking for faith. I'm looking to uh, be built up in a way through the Bible, through prayer, through midweeks, through different uh, fellowship events that we have so that I can be not on E all the time. Do you ever feel like that, that you're on E uh, when we need to actually be charged up? And much like as a cell phone loses and or gets drained of its power uh, because of use, man, because of challenges and life's difficulties, it can drain us as well. Uh, the, the reopening of our economy and our schools. It's a scary time right now as we're going through different things. Racial and social justice issues that come up. That These talks are difficult, tense, they're uncomfortable. It's supposed to be because it's, it's, we're, we're trying to challenge certain types of thinking that has been there for a long period of time and to, to have justice and to, to do what the Bible says. And those are some difficult talks. We've seen political division with a new administration, new policies in place. Whether you're for or against, uh, no matter what, we're caught in the middle of all of that. Uh, different, trying to take care of your marriage, your kids are online, your health. You know, the great thing about being at church at home is, you know, many of you are in your PJs right now, right? Watching service at 10 a.m. in the morning. And, uh, you know, you might be eating right now. It's in the midst of this whole thing and all of us being at home. It's easy to just kind of gain weight, man, just by being alive, you know, because we're things are we're, we're always online. We're always at home. We're always doing things that's sometimes tough to be uh, active. You know, when you're low on faith and power, it's easy to make bad decisions. And I want to share a story with you that a bad decision that I made, you know, uh, one of the things that is. Oops, sorry about that. One of the things that's been happening in our when our pandemic hit, there's many people who went who started biking, right? And so the, I saw the Nelsons; they have a bike. Uh, the the Vus got bikes. The Simmons got bikes. The Parham got many people all over the region are biking right now. And so I thought, hey, I'll go and get a bike. And when you're low on power, when you're low on faith, sometimes you make you're just unaware of what's going on, and your life gets so busy, and you get so self-absorbed and self-focused that you can forget what you're doing in this world you know and I went to go buy a bike so I bought a bike from a guy in OC I drove out there I came back and I was fired up about it. I wrote it one time before I, I I bought it from the guy and took it home and then I come in and Kalei goes she looks at the bike because I was like wow what a great bike you know and she's like uh dad that bike looks a little big is it, it, it that's very big that bike 
And then Grace comes in the room and Grace is like, wow, that's a really nice bike. Wow, that's really nice. Does that fit you, honey? And so I was like, yeah, of course it does. I rode it one time before I bought it from the guy. And then I, as I was looking at it, I thought, wow, this is a big bike. And uh, basically, to make a long story short, I looked at the sign that's on the bike and it said, for riders, six feet and up. <laughs> I bought a bike that was too big for me, and I thought, wow, it was a little difficult when I was riding it. When I rode it, I, my feet barely touched the ground, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, I bought the wrongs. It was a nice bike, great price. It doesn't fit me, though. It's for people who are six feet and up, and I'm close to six feet, you know, I'm around, okay, five, five and a fourth, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, this doesn't even, this ain't going to work. So I sold it, and guess who I sold it to? I sold it to Brother Alden. Andrade, who is six nine, amen. So you know when you're low on faith, when you're low in power, man, you sometimes make some crazy, crazy decisions. You know, as we are in the midst of all the challenges in the world, you know, perhaps now more than ever, it's important that we have faith in our lives. And the 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 title of my lesson this morning is called the importance of faith. And I want to talk about faith this morning because, man, I need faith in my life to to just make it through the day, you know, make it through the week uh, in the midst of some incredible, incredible challenges. And so let's go to God in prayer and let's get some power. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you so much that we could spend time in your word today. Help us to be inspired, challenged, uh, encouraged, even convicted by your spirit, working through, searching us out, letting your word impact our hearts. God, we love you. We pray for how to increase, we pray for more faith in our lives, but also look at how we can learn how to increase our faith. God, we love you. We thank you. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. You know, what I'm going to talk about this morning is three things, is why faith is important. And then I want to give an illustration about a mustard seed of faith and how important it is to just to just exercise a little bit of faith every day and miracles can happen in our lives. Just a little bit of faith. And then I want to talk about two ways to increase your faith, two ways to increase my faith that are simple to do, but perhaps not easy to do. And so I'd like to dive into that this morning. Amen. I look forward to a great, great Bible study in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Why is faith important? Well, in Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the first things about to understand about faith is faith is essential to pleasing God. You can't please God without faith. And so it's so important that we're building our faith, talking about our faith, being open about where we're at in our faith, growing in our faith, adding to our faith, because it's impossible to please God. And if faith is essential to pleasing God in Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, it is for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The second 
you know, reason why it's important to have faith is because faith is essential for salvation. You cannot be saved without having faith in God, about having faith in the blood of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus covers us from all of our sins. And so faith is, is not only essential to pleasing God, it's also essential to, for salvation. For many of you who are studying the Bible, it's a step of faith to be saved. It's a step of faith to act on the, the cross and act on God's love and God's grace that are being extended to us. And if you're studying the Bible right now, I want to encourage you to take a little step. What's the next step for you? If perhaps it's to, if you're new to the faith, perhaps it's to study the Bible right now and to get into it so you can learn about how to build your faith. Perhaps if you're studying the Bible, it's I got to make that one decision to make it to the end. You know, it's great to study the Bible, but it's it's even it's even greater. It's even better to to become a disciple of Jesus. Amen. So faith is so essential essential for our salvation. Faith is also important in prayer. In James 1 verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Another reason is faith is essential in prayer. It's important that we learn to believe and act on our belief when we pray. God, God, James talks about, man, it's important to believe. God will give, God will, if any of us lack wisdom, we should ask God who's going to give us generously. And so we must learn how to pray with faith and to believe. Amen. It's important. Another one in Mark chapter 16 and verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. Now, how many of you have ever been rebuked in the church before? How many of you have ever been rebuked by somebody? I have. I've been rebuked for being prideful, for being selfish, for being, for being, for being overweight, for being deceitful. I've been rebuked for many things. Very rarely though, have I ever been rebuked for lack of faith. And yet Jesus was concerned about people's lack of faith and their stubborn, because a lack of faith and unbelief, there's a stubborn refusal to believe in there. It's not just a passive thing. We stubbornly refuse to believe in God's promises and what God is trying to do. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And so faith is what concerned Jesus. Lack of faith also concerned Jesus. In, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, it says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. It was talking about the context of this was about when we're praying, where we're going to God in prayer, right? The prayer of the persistent widow. And I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Faith is what Jesus will be looking for when he comes back. So how important is it for you and I to have faith? Incredibly important. First Peter 1 verse 8 through 9, it says, These have come so that you have, so that the proven genuineness of your faith. And it's talking about when the disciples in First Peter, right, all throughout Asia, were going through persecution and enduring tremendous, tremendous trials. And, and Peter's telling the disciples, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, why is it important? Why is faith important? Because it's more valuable than gold. So valuable. Just like gold is refined to be purified, 
Faith must be tested to become genuine and authentic. Do you have some trials going on in your life at the moment? If you do, your faith is being tested not to hurt you, not to destroy you, but to grow your faith for it to become genuine, for it to become authentic, a type of faith. You cannot have deep faith. Without going through suffering. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Christian that loves to, I don't want to suffer, but I want to have deep faith. You know, like, I want to be like an Apostle Paul, but did you read his resume on how many times he was stoned, almost killed? I mean, he, he would, in Second Corinthians, you know, in Second Corinthians, it gives you an idea of how Paul went through all kinds of suffering. But that suffering produced a type of faith in him that is more valuable than gold. The, the, the testings that you have in your life right now are there to help your faith to become more uh, genuine and authentic. There's so much value when we have faith. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. In addition to all this, the Bible says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith is a defensive weapon in the Bible that we need it as a shield, right? A shield of faith where we can defend ourselves. And so it's important that we are always talking about faith, always growing in our faith. I mean, the list can go on and I could keep going more on and on. Faith must be pursued. There's a scripture on that. Faith moves Jesus' heart. You know, he was moved by the, by, by a woman who had faith, right? He's, he, he went to his home, home, hometown and he was amazed at their lack of faith. I mean, faith moves Jesus' heart, but so does lack of faith. Jesus, in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus blessed people according to their faith. And the list goes on and on. And so why is faith important? Because it matters to God. It matters to Jesus. And so we must learn to take care of our faith, to grow our faith, to add to our faith. Well, how do you increase your faith? How do you increase your faith? Uh, you know, sometimes we get the pet answers in church, right? We go, how do I increase my faith? And somebody goes, read your Bible, bro. You go, duh, of course, right? I know that already. I know I need to read my Bible because I know hearing the message will, you know, help me to have faith in my own life. Uh, or when somebody goes, just pray, bro. I go, of course. I go, somebody tell me pray one more time. I'm going to bonk them on their head, right? I mean, I know those are the things, but, and they're right to pray, to, to, to engage in Bible study perhaps differently. Many of you who are going through the formation series right now, uh, in our church, you're, you're learning to engage God in different ways. And I'm pretty sure it's building your faith. So we know we need to read the Bible. We know we need to pray. We know like going to meetings of the body can build our faith. We know all those things. But what I want to talk about today are, are, is something else. But before we do that, I want to talk about this. In Matthew 17 and verse 20, there's an illustration that I hope we can walk away with today that encourages our soul. When it talks about when we're trying to increase our faith, there's this principle about doing the little, okay? In Matthew 17 and verse 20, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Look at this illustration. What an amazing illustration that, that I wish I could just, I don't know, ingrain in my heart, ingrain in my mind, to just focus on the little every day that I don't have to have great faith. I like to, I mean, for over 20 years, man, I've been trying to have great faith in the church, but this passage teaches me I don't have to have great faith. In fact, very few people at that, that 
I see in the New Testament had great faith. In fact, many of them were incredibly flawed and only had a, a little bit of faith. All these men and women who are in the Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, if you will, right? They, they were flawed people. And I, perhaps I've been looking at it wrong my whole Christian life almost, right? If I can just have a little, if I can just do a little, where I, I learn to do the, something small every day and do it every single day, what God can do. Because mountains can be moved if I just practice a little bit of faith. Can you do that? Can you try to practice a little bit of faith? You don't have to have a lot. You know, you don't have to have your whole plan of how you're going to lose 50 pounds, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. You don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, just get out and, and, and take 10 steps and see where you're at in a month, you know, by just doing a little bit more every single day. And it's this principle of understanding the mustard seed of faith. I'm so encouraged by that because I don't have to focus on these big grand. I mean, it's great to have big goals, right? But break it down so that you have a path how to get there. And I love what Jesus said. He just, he just calls us to have a little bit. Can you do that? Like in your marriage, can you have a, you don't have to have, you know, mountaintop humility. You just have a little bit of humility. Just ask, you know, to ask for what you could grow in from your spouse. If you're in school right now, you know, ask for help if you need help. If you're studying the Bible, ask somebody. Just take a, have a little bit of faith. You don't have to have a lot. If you're trying to change a career, ask somebody, you know. Just, just example, just go for a little bit of humility, a little bit of faith. I think I can do that. And so as we think about this illustration about just doing a little bit every day, I hope that encourages you in whatever battle you have going on. Because I know you and I, you and I have battles every day. We got our own giants that we got to overcome, right? We got our own strongholds that are there that, that help us to, that kind of keep us stuck in certain ways of thinking and certain ways of, of being. When in fact, if we just do a little, it's amazing what God can do. And so I want to talk about two ways for a minute, okay? In Luke chapter 11, there's two ways I want to talk about how to increase our faith. Amen? Let's just talk about one right here in Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. I love this passage. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, the Bible says, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. You know, one of the things I want to talk, Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here's an example of how faith and gratitude are connected in this passage where, where there's 10 men who come to Jesus, right? And, and nine leave their, go on their own way. They don't say thanks. And only one who is a Samaritan who the Jews would have looked at it. The last guy you think that would have been grateful is the one that was grateful, the Samaritan. And Jesus looks at him and says, your faith has healed you. There's a connection between faith and gratitude. And so if you want to increase your faith a bit, perhaps consider increasing your gratitude, increasing how grateful you are 
about the things of God, the things that are going on in your life, rather than just focusing on the negative all the time. If you're like me, you you live in problem city sometimes. I, I get into problem city so many times where all I can see is problems, and I can't see what I have, and I can't see what God has taught me. I'm so concerned about what I don't have, right? And I'm so concerned about the problem. But if you want to increase your faith, I'd like you to consider what Jesus said to increase your gratitude. That if you increase your gratitude, you increase faith. And I hope that can encourage us in the, in our, in our lives. Now, why didn't the other nine come back? And you know, I used to think, you know, as a younger Christian, I just thought those guys were just ungrateful, man. They were takers. You, you, you ever seen that? You ever seen people who are takers? Takers are people who come and they just take, 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 take. They're, they're in your life to just take from you. They don't ever give to you. They don't ever show, you know, serve you. They don't ever do any of that. They just, they're there to just take. And if you're a taker, chances are you probably won't have many friends after a period of time because they won't be able to handle that where some, you're, they're in a relationship where someone is only just taking all the time. And I used to think that perhaps the nine, were like this. They were just takers. They came to Jesus to get what they wanted, to get a healing, and they used him. And there, you'll see many examples of that in the Bible. Uh, you know, you want, kind of like you want the blessing more than you, you, you're grateful for the blessing more than grateful for the one who gives the blessing. And I used to kind of look at the nine like this. Per- perhaps one of the reasons why they, the nine were ungrateful is because they thought they were deserving, that they were Jews and they were living their faith out. And after a period of time, you know how like sometimes as a Christian, I don't know about you, but I've fallen to this many times where I go, man, I paid my dues, you know, I, I deserve this. Now. I deserve a break now because I've paid my dues in certain things in leadership or whatever I'm trying to do in my life, you know. Uh, but one of the things that's amazing about this is perhaps these guys thought they deserved something better in their lives. And so they got a healing and they just kind of went about their own way. And I don't think about that so much anymore. What I do think about now, I've landed on this thought, is that perhaps they were busy like we are. And so they just forgot to be grateful. I've landed more along those lines right now when I look at this passage. I don't just think that there were just people who just wanted to be ungrateful because we're talking Jews who who had a certain life. And I want you to look at this for a minute, the, the slide right here. First century life for an average Jew. You know, one of the things I've been doing right now is I, I love looking at the Bible through a Hebraic perspective, through a through a perspective of, of, of looking at the Bible through a Jewish lens. And I've been taking this course, this six-week course that I paid for of six lessons that is taught by a rabbi in New York. And I believe this rabbi kind of teaches the Bible from a Hebraic perspective. And I've been getting so much out of it. And it made me think about this passage a little different. For the average Jew, you're talking about an average Jew in, in the first century prayed three times a day. When I was in graduate school, one of the practices that I was doing was learning to pray three times a day as a minister. And I was focused on it, you know, and it it radically changed my prayer life and made me think a lot more about God. But for an average Jew, they're they're praying three times a day. Their Bible study is they're studying the Torah, right? They're studying Jewish rituals and laws. Or you want to talk about people who are, you know, People who are just going for in-depth Bible study and observance of the law, 
Jewish people were like that in the first century. They were just all over their Bible. You know, Bible, you know how like you can point out a guy, you were just somebody in the fellowship and they, you go, wow, I was thinking about this scripture. Boom. They, they can tell you that scripture. That's, that's a average guy, you know, a Jewish man or, and, and it's amazing to see the kind of effort they put in on their, in, in their own Bible study and prayer. They, they went to the synagogue different days to worship. Uh, we looked at Luke 4 before where you see Jesus in the synagogue and he does his first sermon, right? Jewish men would be there. Different dietary needs were had. You ever heard of the word kosher, right? Kosher is a well-known word. It's part of our common English language, and it means something that's allowed, legal, or proper. So, the, for an average Jew, they would they were they had to eat things that were kosher. They had to eat things that were, you know, that that they could that were allowed to do. And there were a lot of things that weren't allowed to do. There are all these dietary laws. Those laws are so complex. Whole volumes were written about dietary law, you know, and dietary rituals that they had to, that they had to learn how to do. Can you imagine? I mean, I know, you know, people are, are thinking about what, what are we going to make for dinner or for lunch or for breakfast for our kids, right? And, but think about for a Jew, what was cold, what they could eat and what they could not eat was a huge deal in their faith. And so they had to learn how to do that. There's animals with cloven hooves, you know, uh, are, are going to be kosher. Cattle, sheep, goats, and deers, but other animals, mammals like pigs or camels or hares aren't kosher. All these kinds of procedures, all these kinds of laws is what they were doing. Uh, for an average Jew, their daily to-dos, if you will, right? Uh, that's what they're doing. Then on top of that, they're focused on their marriage, their family, and their job. And so you know what my perspective now is? And this is my opinion. Go back, do your own Bible study on it. But when I think of a Jew, I think perhaps one of the reasons why they, 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 they weren't grateful is because they were so busy. I mean, aren't you busy? Do you sometimes forget? Look at your to-do list that you have. You have your quiet time. You're trying to you know, focus on your marriage, your family. You're trying to make sure you go to church. You're trying to make sure you do all these different kinds of things, right? And this is what these Jews were doing. Perhaps they were just being good Jews, if you will, to the point where they're trying to do, be excellent in all these things that they just forgot to be grateful. And I, I tend to think that a little bit more now. And so if we learn how to grow in our gratitude, we can increase our faith. You know, did you know that gratitude shields you from negativity, makes you at least 25% happier? It rewires your faith. It eliminates stress. And the list goes on. Improves sleep, right? Builds self-esteem and performance. It's all these great benefits of it. I want you to think of a 30-day gratitude challenge. Just every day, what's something that you could mindfully be grateful for? Consider that if you'd like to increase your faith. Consider how that goes. The gratitude challenge. You know, I'm so grateful to be a disciple in March. Man, you know, in March will be my 26th wedding anniversary to the love of my life, Grace Kia Aina. Uh, man, I, God knew I needed a lot of grace in my life. I actually have a woman named Grace in my life. Grateful for my kids. Grateful to be in the ministry here in Metro LA. I've learned so much here. Uh, Let's consider some of these things. You know, if you want to increase your faith, perhaps increase your gratitude. In Luke chapter 8, well, one more story. In verse 42, it says, As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, 
someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. Look at this. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how he had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, notice, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You know, another thing that can increase our faith, when I, when I learned from this passage, there's so many things to learn from it, right? But one of the things that is so blow away is how when she actually touched, right, uh, the cloth and Jesus kind of was, hey, what happened? Somebody touched me. She, she didn't have to come forward, but she chose to be open about it and tell the truth, right? Even though she was trembling. I mean, there's so many things that could have, that could, she risked, that risked in this. Uh, perhaps she was, you know, afraid of being rebuked or humiliated or perhaps the miracle even be taken back. But she came trembling, just going, oh, this is where I'm at. Here's what happened. I did, you know, and Jesus rewarded her for her faith rewarded her to be because of her openness. And if you want to build your faith, one thing to consider is be open about where you're at. Be open about how you're feeling in your life. It's great to be in a church that we can be open, that we can just share our crazy thoughts. We can share what's going on in our lives. We can share, you know, we can be open so that people can know who we are. Many of you know my story. You know, it can, it'll make you feel confident the more people get to know you. Being open about your sin, being open about your struggles. You know, I shared how crazy that decision I made was, right? To buy that bike, not really paying attention, being so excited that I got a great deal, awesome new bike, not realizing I can't even ride it. Turner was telling me, bro, you got to return that because, you know, you could get hurt riding a bike that doesn't fit you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But that all happened because I'm moving so fast in my life. I'm low on power, low in faith. I'm not paying attention. and I'm not in the moment at that time being present. And uh, how crazy is that, right? I can't even ride a bike that I just bought. And then here I am telling my family, it's so awesome, and not realizing I can't even ride the bike. That's crazy. There's so many, anybody can be open. And so anyone's faith can increase. And so today, I want you to be thinking about these two things. And remember the illustration that we looked at. Just be open, be grateful about one thing every day could radically change your faith could radically increase your faith. Imagine doing it for one day, two days, one week, three weeks, a month, a year. Imagine the, how that exponentially can change your faith by just doing a little bit every day instead of looking for the big goal and doing the big thing that's going to radically do. Just go with a little. When you're being open about different things, the Spirit is telling you right now what to be open about in your life. It's the thing you go, oh, I think I should, oh, that's what you should be open about, right? Or if you're going through a difficult time, the Spirit is going to move throughout the Word of God, throughout our service today, to encourage you, challenge you, inspire you, and, 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 and prompt you to increase your faith through gratitude, through openness. And there's many other ways to increase your faith. I just wanted to talk about those two today. And so what did we learn today? Our lesson is about the importance of faith. We talked about why faith is important, and there are so many reasons why it's important. It's essential for to please God. It's 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 essential to uh, for our salvation. It's essential for our prayer life, and the list goes on and on and on. So, faith is important in a Christian's life. The illustration we looked at is as we're trying to increase our faith, just focus on a little. 
What can you do today? If, if you're studying the Bible, maybe you need to be baptized. If you haven't studied the Bible, maybe this is the day that today's the day for you to go, I'm going to try it today. Maybe in your marriage, you got to go, oh, what, what do I do there? Try some, sign up for something. Go to the, go to the marriage uh, communication workshop that's coming up. Amen. You know, or, or just, it just happened already, right? <laughs> uh, but not only doing that, but go to the next one. Get, get where you gotta, get to where you gotta get to so that you can grow in, in your marriage. Uh, think about that. Just do a little bit every single day. Well, two ways to increase your faith through gratitude and through openness. You know, as we go through life, sometimes, man, as life gets hard, Sometimes you got to faith it till you make it, right? And I hope today has built your faith in just a little bit, in just a small way. I hope you're encouraged to be here. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Have a great day. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 